Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. It is June the 4th, 2020. We are on the Mike Abadier Show. I am Gino Bacola here, the co-host, the main man, your host, Mike Abadier, alongside, like always. And uh, Mike, just a a very, very crazy week um, in the world right now. It It's almost like, a, you know, everything was so um, virus and, and COVID related for the last few months. And then this last week, that has really not been the case at all with um the protests with lots of things happening in the world. And we're going to have sort of a different kind of a show today. We'll still be talking some sports and stuff, but we're going to talk a lot um, about some of the things happening in the world and get some, um, some opinions from um, a couple different people who I think will have really good experiences and really good, um, you know, r- really good things to talk on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you kind of, I mean, it's almost an understatement to say that it's been a kind of a crazy week. I mean, if 10 days ago I had told you that we will stop at a dime talking about the coronavirus, would you have even <laughs> contemplated believing me? If I said, well, you know, it's not hey, that it went no more away. coronavirus and we're all going to be congregating on every, yeah. in every major city in the United States in masses, you would have no, thought I'm crazy. Just, it just goes to show you that there are um, there are some major problems. Yeah. You know, and and, and we like I I particularly don't get too political. I very rarely do because I just not that I'm trying to 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 I guess play both sides. It's just that like when it comes to politics in general, I really don't care care. <laughs> it's just like something that doesn't interest me. You know, like I'll put all my my um, like my thought, my analysis, my um, time and effort into sports and movies and TV and that kind of stuff because I'm I'm just more interested. I kind of get a better feel for things. I know how to better analyze them and interpret the information and present it going forward. I kind of just in one year and through the through the out when I'm hearing politicians talk a lot and when it comes to elections and that kind of thing. But what's happening in the world right now is is, is a, a little different than that. And it's definitely something that I think we we have to all address in some way, shape or form, because there's just there are some things wrong in particular right now in this country that that need some changes. One hundred percent. And, you know, sometimes it takes. An incident, an unfortunate incident as a wake up call. The thing that's maybe most troubling is that we've had a lot of incidents over the last eight to 10 years. And it seems like every time we think, okay, we're going to protest and we're going to see change. And there's not a lot of change that really happens. Now, I don't have a ton of Twitter followers, right? I'm in you know, I'm I'm relatively new to tweeting, really, just since the show started, Gino. And so, um, but I've gotten a pulse as to kind of what's going on in the Twitterverse, right? I do spend some time and I and do some scrolling and, and read through some of the commentary and things of that nature. And one thing that that I've definitely noticed is that we are at the point now where you have to pick sides. You're either on this side. Or you're on that side. And it's just unfortunate. 
it's very it's unfortunate. Like everything it's like you're isn't, part of the problem. Like you're either for this or you're part of the problem. And everything is just not so black and white in the it's world. Not. You know, like like you know what I mean. It's, and I'm not I'm not talking about color. I'm talking about it's just not A or B. It's not one or two. There's so many different shades to layers and context to like every decision you make, every reason why you're one way or the next. And it's kind of started at the top and, and trickled down, I think, in the last, you know, few years. And and it's just become, like you said, you're this way or you're that way. And I think like, you know, it's funny. And I think you were going to going to kind of go in the way that like a lot of people are talking about how they're losing Twitter followers, you know, because of yep, like things yep. that they're they're posting or things that they're saying. And it's funny. If you're someone who's like, I'm not a, you know, hardcore Republican, I'm not a hardcore Democrat, I'm not a hardcore conservative, I'm not a hardcore liberal, right? Like, I myself am like per- someone who kind of like lands right smack in the middle. And if, even in, in that case, you lose followers and people because you're not extreme enough one side to, or the other. It's, exactly. it's just be, become really, really weird. Re- really is, Gino. And, Look, man, I mean, I guess starting from sports, let's take it to the top, Drew Brees' comments. Mm-hmm. That, that, ru- that ruffled a lot of feathers yesterday. Ruffled a lot of feathers yesterday. Now, me personally, I understand where he's coming from, okay? And I don't think that he should be bashed. That's my personal opinion. Others have taken it very offensively. So, Marcus Davenport who's a player on the Saints, he had a very, I guess the word might be open-minded tweet. While he saw all his, you know, a majority of his teammates condemning what Drew Brees said, others even tearful and emotional about what Drew Brees said, Marcus Davenport said that we don't have to agree with him, but I understand his feelings. He hasn't said anything new. And so basically he was coming to the defense of Drew Brees, you know, basically saying like he's entitled to his opinion and that in short, he knows kind of like Drew Brees' character, which other people have said as well too. you know, Benjamin Watson and Dante Stallworth and other teammates have said he has been a racial injustice warrior, Drew Brees, that is. So, anyways, yeah, it's. it's I replied you know, to Marcus uh, Davenport, and I just said, that, you know, uh, I'll read you the tweet. I said, I admire your courage to openly share your opinion, knowing that there will be pushback. It's unfortunate that so many people disrespect your right to be a free thinker. Block the noise and keep your head up, brother. God bless. Now I got a little backlash for that, right? And it's kind of funny how quickly somebody's willing to call somebody whitewash. Yeah. Right. And- well, you don't know where my perspective comes from, right? And there's no definition on how to be Italian, right? Or black or Hispanic or Mexican or Egyptian or, you know what I mean? Middle Eastern, there's no, there's no rule book for that. And so to me, I think it's in a, in a strange way, it's kind of a part of the problem too, is that yeah. we're trying to do divide so much <laughs> Ultimately, you create enemies. Yes, and isn't and that the opposite of what we're trying to do? Yes. It, see, like I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm I'm sort of on a slightly different spot than you, but I think a lot of uh, like coming from a lot from, from a lot of the same place. Okay. I don't really have a problem with what he said. I just kind of have a problem with why he said it right now. And it just like I just didn't it just didn't I mean, I understand with what things that are going on. It just felt to me like like poor something time. poor timing and something that maybe like it, it really was. And I think there's some of the things that he that he says that he he doesn't understand how somebody else might feel, which I completely can get, right? You can kind of only understand what your perspective is on a lot of things. It just felt to me like I I don't know if if I would have said something like that, I would have understood that right now it was going to get a little bit of an uproar. And it didn't seem like he'd understood that that what he was saying was at least going to get, was going to raise some eyebrows in this time. Um, That was my only thing. It's We all can say whatever we want, do whatever we want, really. But we just got to understand that there's going to be some backlash to it, especially if you are someone like a Drew Brees in a sport like the NFL with everything that's gone on with the Kaepernick stuff and how it's related to all of this. So, yeah, to me, it was just more of, you know, you listen to it a bunch of times. He doesn't really say anything that that wrong. He just talks from a place that just feels a little a little tone deaf. You know, yeah, just, I, I think that's that, that you make a lot of sense. You know, I'm still trying to figure out, though, why people right now are saying that the NFL owes Colin Kaepernick an apology. No, no, I'm, apology I'm, for what? I th- well, I think a lot of the, the noise with Colin, with Colin, and the rumor w- what has been for the last few years now that he got blackballed by the NFL, that he was never really given a fair shake, and that at the very least he should have been a backup quarterback for somewhere with as much quarterback turnover as there is and guys getting hurt and guys coming in and out and re- and some players that get chance after chance after chance after chance, which I don't know the way things work. I don't know if that's the case in it almost in a weird way, like in a totally unrelated, like to do with race type thing, but it, it almost kind of feels like how it was with Tebow when, you know what, he still probably could have been able to be a backup somewhere or be a player somewhere, but it was like, do you want to, I don't think a lot of teams wanted to deal with, all of the media, the questions and everything that comes with someone who might just be a backup and might not be, you know, might, I don't want to say worth it, but maybe not necessarily having to deal with all of that. And that might be what, what was the case with Kaepernick. Also people knowing that they were going to have to ask questions, you know, answer questions every day about all this. And it was going to become more than football. That's precisely what it is, by the way, it's not necessarily that it had anything to do with racial injustice not necessarily anything to do with kneeling or the flag, but the circus. And so and, and I think that's it was a perfect analogy when you yeah. bring up Tebow, right? It was the same thing. It was just the sideshow aspect. It's not worth it. If Tebow didn't have that sideshow aspect, if he, he may have been in the league for another year or Brian two. Brian Hoyer or, or whoever yeah. he was, you know what I yeah. mean? Like because he's a great team player, and at the very least, he could run the scout team and he could, play some he could serve a purpose. If you need, like, he'll do what, it, what what you need him to do too. Sure, you know? yeah. Sure. I mean, he could be like a Taysom Hill, right? So, I mean, I think that doesn't get enough credit for being the situation. Look, Drew Brees isn't the problem here. Drew Brees isn't what needs to be fixed in our country. Racism is. What people need to understand is you can't legislate racism out of society. Racism is something that comes from a place of ignorance. And the only way to defeat ignorance is exposure and education. Exposure meaning 
I guarantee you, if somebody actually takes the time, maybe they're forced to because they play on the same sports team, right? Or they work in the same workplace. But if somebody has an opportunity, for example, let's just continue down the path of, of black Americans to befriend a black person. And they maybe didn't before. Maybe before they've been very sheltered, come from a part of the country where maybe it's very, very, uh, you know, high white demographic. So maybe there was one kid in your whole school that was a minority and he was two grades above you and that type of thing. You never really had the experience. So you're just going along with the same ignorance, the same jokes, the same commentary, the same misled thought process. And you get to know somebody. It's quite often that that person's viewpoint changes. They're like, you know what? This guy's actually pretty cool. In fact, that person might think, you know what? He's not like all the other ones. This guy here, he's a good guy. But then you meet a second one and a third one and a fourth one, and you like all of them. They're all decent human beings. Then you start thinking, you know what? Maybe my community is the one that's got it all wrong. And I've actually seen that happen firsthand where people have really come around full, you know, 180 degrees from where they were before and have a different perspective, their ignorance has diminished. They're no longer ignorant to what black people are all about, right? And so the point I'm getting at, Gino, and I don't mean to be long-winded, but this is important. To me, when you shut somebody out, you don't give them a chance to explain themselves, but better yet, you don't give them a chance to get to know the right viewpoint, perhaps. And that's what troubles me about this whole thing, about this cancel culture, about this, you know, uh, I'm going to just block you. I'm going to defriend you because you don't share my viewpoint. I take that as a great opportunity to be able to educate somebody and talk to somebody. So I don't shy away from that. In fact, I want to hear from all the Drew Breeses out there. I want to hear from all those who have differing opinions because that's the only way to be able to identify who they are and to be able to get through to them. If you don't get through to anybody, Gino, how does anybody change? It's, and, and that's kind of what I'm, why I'm, see, I, I don't like the fact that Br Drew Brees got such a, a negative backlash because I think this is just one of those cases where kind of like what you said, I mean, I think there's a lot of people around Drew that know him very well, that know him. If they, would have just taken him aside and said, Hey, you know what? Like the way that you were, the way that things came out, it not necessarily was what you said, but it was just kind of like all of the stuff around saying it probably just would have been better to like, not right now. You know what I mean? Cause it was going to ignite something. And that doesn't mean you have to, he, he doesn't have to like to not believe that Th that's fine. It's just knowing who you are and knowing what your words mean. That's all. And if he's, if this is something, because like today we we saw an apology from him, which I genuinely think that there were people that probably went to him and said, look, this just came out wrong. It came off a little bit bad, like, you know, and I think he probably realized and said, you know what, you're, you're right. Like, I, I don't think this is one of those BS apologies. I do think that he was probably just not quite comprehending how everything he said was going to come out and be portrayed. And um, he probably thought it was going to come off as as patriotic. And not yeah. as as racist uh, or insensitive, racially insensitive. I don't think that he had that in his mind when he said what he said. 
But like you said, the timing probably was poor. Probably wasn't the best time when the nation at large is mourning uh, over repeated police brutality and racial injustice. And I get that. Really quickly, though, before we get to our first commercial break, I thought Jake Fromm's text messages were absolutely vile. I thought that was way worse than anything Drew Brees said. I don't know if you had a chance to see his text messages or not. No, I didn't. I didn't. So, okay. yeah, you can, you can you know, kind of enlighten us a, l- a little bit more. I think it has to do with just who you are, right? Like, way more people know than they know who Drew Brees is, so it becomes more of a story. Sure. So, Jake Fromm, rookie quarterback from University of Georgia. Uh, he is a uh, rookie uh, on the Buffalo Bills, you know, or he'll be going into his rookie season with the Buffalo Bills. Um, he was having a text conversation, I think was it with a, with a female, young female, uh, or her brother. I couldn't really tell because they screenshotted the um, text message thread. And at the very top, you know, normally like on my phone, it says like Gina Bacola or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this one says BFF something, something, something. So I didn't really understand exactly who it was. And there's a picture of two people there. So anyways, he was texting with somebody. The long and the short of it is that he made the comment. You know, they were talking about guns. And he made the comment that, well, really, guns should be reserved for those who have a lot of money and white privilege. Straight up. Yeah. Basically saying, you know, if you're plug-in, whatever ethnicity, minority, you know, you probably should have guns. Or if you're a poor, you know what, you shouldn't have guns. Basically, us white elites, you know, the privileged quote-unquote, people in society are the only ones that are, I don't know if he's talking mentally capable or physically capable of maintaining guns or can be respectful with guns or not dangerous to society. I don't know, and I'm not going to speculate. Just getting into really seeing a lot of uh, people's true colors um, over the last couple months, which is really, really unfortunate. I mean, there's um, there's a lot of people, and I, I can that I respect or I, I, I guess I might have respected or I, I would follow for, for sports or for pop culture or for whatever they, they did. And it's not, it's not like in the old stay in your lane thing. It's just, like I said, there's, there's a couple things that are very volatile and, and I don't like, you got to make sure that you're right when you're out there being very preachy about certain things that can divide people. And it's just, it's, it's, it's tough to swallow when you're, when you're floating around and you're seeing people that you used to like and respect. And then they're, they're, tweeting or retweeting or reposting things that are just not great right now. 100% Gito. Let's take our first commercial break. Today we have, like we've announced, we've got a really good show. We've been talking to some NFL guys, Kenny Shedd, Adrian Ross, both have been on as guests with us. But today it's going to be kind of a different type of conversation. And I'm really looking forward to hear what what each of those guys has to say. Stay with us. We'll be right back with the Mad Backer. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. You're back on the Mike Abadir Show. Mike and Gino talking with... The big A, Adrian Ross, joined by our first guest, former Cincinnati Bengals linebacker. He's been a sports agent. He's done it all. Good friends with Mark Cuban. Got a lot of perspective. Been all over the country. Played in different parts of the country. Originally from Cali. Played in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And in Cincinnati, uh, amongst his stops in this journey of life. So he's a good person to talk to in terms of perspective, both college football-wise, NFL-wise, and just real life-wise. Adrian, how's it going, man? Going good. Going, going, doing good. How are you guys doing? Good, man. You know, it's kind of funny because I've been hearing, you know, a few podcasts and, and interviews and stuff like that, and I was kind of chuckling a little bit because it reminded me. I know you'll remember this. Remember when, when, uh, when, when Doug Williams won the Super Bowl? And they were like, so how does it feel mm-hmm. as a black man, black, black quarterback winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> you know, he's like, I've always been a black guy, you know, like, you know, so it always kind of cracks me up when, uh, when you hear some of these lead ins, you know. Um, but in terms of your experience, being from Sacramento, going on to play in Colorado at Colorado State. And then on to your NFL career, primarily or mainly with the Cincinnati Bengals. What are your thoughts when you hear 
the Denver Broncos head coach, Vic Fangio, saying that there really isn't much racism in the league. <laughs> Man, when I... I guess I, I know your answer. That, what's funny is... <laughs> Man, when I first read that, it's funny because I, like, he's one of the coaches that I've checked out over the past few years of having a good defense. Yeah. And, um, you know, actually talked to Patrick Willis about him, you know, and we, he kind of broke down that he's one of the coaches that, that he liked and the style and whatnot. So, you know, I wanted to, you know, see what, not necessarily see what he had to say because I already know probably what he thinks about it. And for me, I guess, it is what it is. It's like, I like when these people talk and they say what's going on, right? And so it's like, here's a coach, a defensive coach, that that's how he views it and that's how he sees it. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with him explaining the facts. I think that it's wrong that, it, that, that, that's a, that, that the league, that that view is the predominant view. And that's why we don't see any coaches that they so-called black or minority. You know, it's what, four of them? Yeah. Or is it three? Yeah, I think it's actually three. <laughs> no, and that's a good point, Gina. Ron I mean, Rivera. that's a good point, Aiden. I mean, because, you know, exactly like you're saying, it's hard to come down on somebody if that's what they know to be the truth. Like, I don't think he was saying it to be like an ignorant SOB. I think he just is ignorant right. to what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, question for question for you, Ag. The, we were talking a little bit about it uh, in the first segment before you joined us about some of uh, what Drew Brees had said, um, and that's kind of been uh, floating all around there. Did you get a chance to see his comments? Oh, definitely. So what did you, where do you kind of um, respond on it? Because Mike and I were, you know, I, we, we had like sort of differing opinions, but like where do you come out on, on what he said and, and, and like what he said and maybe just not the right time to be saying it? Well, n- not only is it not the right time, but for me, that was never a narrative, right? I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't ever think that anybody in, in this country has been having uh, a debate on whether they like the country, right? So it's kind of like, it's like, it's like trying to argue with a child. It's like, wait, you can, you're the adult, you can end the argument. And so I feel with that narrative of the disrespect of the flag, I always tell people, don't make your thoughts be my actions, right? Because just because you're thinking that, that doesn't make it be that that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I get it, when someone thinks that, but when someone explains it, so we're going back to the Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, he thoroughly explained on the mic what that was. Remember he was sitting down. <laughs> so how can a military veteran from how, how just dealing with the truth, not the facts, the truth of it, that Green Beret is the one that told him to knee. I mean, that told him to kneel. <laughs> so no, that's exactly like right. Him because to just he, keep bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say that's exactly right, because initially Colin Kaepernick was sitting on the bench. He just wasn't rising and putting his hand over his heart or whatever for the national anthem. And it wasn't until uh, Nate Boyer... And he, he had a conversation because of Nate's military background that, you know, like you just said, 
that Colin decided to it'd be maybe a little bit more tasteful to take a knee. And I think the point that you're getting at is that it wasn't protesting the military or it wasn't protesting the flag or whatnot. Right. And, and then and then just the very fact that you're showing that you you feel like expressing what you don't like, but yet you're going to ignore <laughs> what your teammates are saying that they're not liking, right? Like, okay, <laughs> rather than, okay, let's both talk about what we don't like, <laughs> which is that's the whole point of the protest is we're probably going to do something that people don't like to get the attention of. Uh, we ain't going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that I don't like that. <laughs> that's a you good know, point. I, and I and I don't think that that's brought up brought up enough, right? It's like you know, like we run straight to uh, what you know what they call races and race war and all that stuff. But I think you know because I've been I've been one like how Mike says I have a different perspective. I've I've been the walk on to a college. I've been the free agent up on a team. So I know that a scholarship guy can never see what I saw. So he can't ever have my perspective. He can't see through my lenses. And I think that that's the problem is we're not listening to what people are saying. And in sports, yes. it seems everybody gets, everybody's used to talking and speaking and having an opinion. And that's what it becomes in sports instead of, hey, the game's not starting. This is, this is extracurricular. Listen to what the people are saying before you start talking. I think, and, it, it, and that, like I mentioned this a little bit earlier too. Um, I think like some of us in particular have to. It would be, you know, I'm I'm 33 years old. I'm I'm I've grown up, had a, a pretty damn good life. I'm a white guy. I haven't had to deal with any sort of racism. I haven't. I don't know the feelings, the emotions. I don't know a hell of a lot at all to the to what the the, the folks who are out there protesting right now are really feeling. So for me to be out, kind of being preachy or be out on my high horse talking. It would feel really disingenuous. I think the best job that I and a lot of other people that are in situations like me can do right now is just what you said is listen. Right. Now that's it. Here's here's my biggest problem with a lot of this stuff. Okay, guys. My my big issue with a lot of this stuff is there's not a lot of good strategy going on. Like, I feel we really lack good leadership. Yes, on all sides. On all sides. But starting even from minority communities. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, like if if I ask somebody, hey, name three good... Look, there's a huge Mexican population in California here, in Arizona, neighboring, in Nevada, etc. If I said, name three really good emerging Mexican leaders, people would have a really difficult time. Right. If I said name three really good emerging black leaders, now you may get some little bit more polarization with that because there are a few that have kind of achieved a little bit more notoriety, like Cory Booker and, and people like that, because they were up for, you know, the d- Democratic, uh, you know, presidential election, perhaps. Right. But let's say but before that, this is probably people probably have a little bit of a difficult time unless you're black and you are in tune with your own community, right? Or you're Mexican and you're in tune with your own community or Asian mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Uh, you know, um, I don't think a lot of people knew, uh, I'm already blanking on his name, but the Asian guy that was 
um, uh, going for, for election from the Silicon Valley. Um, seems like a pretty good dude. And, but I don't think a lot of people Andrew, knew who he was. Andrew Yang. I'm sorry? I'm sorry? Andrew Yang. Hey, there you go. The Yang game, and, right? Yeah. There's probably not a lot of guys, mm-hmm. people that knew him prior to, right? And so to me, that's part one of the, the trouble with, with uh, or the issue with, you know, how come we don't see a lot of advancing of these causes? That leads to number two, which is the strategy, because there's nobody, there aren't really good leaders to roll out effective strategies. See, when I look at the Colin Kaepernick thing, and I'm not saying this from the prism of 2020 hindsight, looking back and be like, oh, he should have done this or he should have done that. The moment he did it, I was really troubled by it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because there's, my dad used to always tell me in America, there's three things that um, that you 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 really shy away from and you don't attack, right? And that's religion, that's politics, military, and I guess there's a fourth and a family, especially somebody's mother, right? My dad will tell you those are things yeah. you just stay clear from, okay? So, and, and there are a lot of people who are very passionate about the religion, but there's also a lot of people here that are very passionate about the military, the armed forces patriotism, 4th of July, fireworks, apple pie. It's the American way, right? These are the defenders of our freedom and our ability to have freedom of speech. Okay, so a lot of those people, though, Adrian and Gino, are the ones that we want to get the message across to. So I always thought, why make enemies out of them? Why piss the hell out of a lot of them off? I always thought, and I wish I, I, I wish I, I could have been able to be the messenger and deliver something like this, which is, man, if you really, really want to get attention, the right kind of attention, after the anthem, right before the game starts, go to the middle of the field. Neil, I'm going to delay the game. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get attention to this. Yeah, you may piss off some some fans for not starting the game on time, right? Or the referees or your teammates maybe get a 15-yard penalty. Maybe that moves you back. But I guess the point, I'm, and I'm not necessarily promoting that strategy particularly. I'm more so promoting the strategy of why try to anger the same people that you're probably going to have to try to, you know, reach out the olive branch to. That's that's the thing that bothered me about it. And I think, once again, I think that goes back to kind of like a lack of leadership, you know, where we don't have a lot of good strategies to roll out. Same thing kind of with these protests. And I know I'm kind of monopolizing and dominating this uh, these last two, three minutes here. But the same thing with the protests, too. It was very important to me that these protests were held looting free and violence free. Because I think that all that does is give the other side ammunition and something to be angry about and see that's how they are and all that kind of nonsense. Thoughts? I know I packed a lot in there too. Yeah. So. No, that, no, that, that, that was good. And so I guess what I want to say for perspective is this, this goes back to the problem again. Okay. So who are the trendsetters? Is it, is it, is it, is, is it the 99% fans or the 1% athletes? athletes right so you have the athletes that are used to 
setting the trend and the fans and the people are watching them and doing and buying what, what, what they're presenting and what, the, what they're endorsing, right? So I don't really think – I agree with you, but I don't really think he went after it thinking if these people that watch and watch us entertain them are going are gonna to actually have a feeling and tell, tell me what to do. Since when does the fans ever t- – I mean, they're always trying to. <laughs> sure. But by order, it's like they go and pay a ticket to watch the show. So I think that that's the disconnect. Is all of a sudden, everyone turns into, oh, okay, like now, now you're not the athlete, you're not the player. Our lives are all the same. And my opinion matters. I want you to do it this way. Okay, well, I don't, why don't those same people go into the movie theater and talk to those actors the same way? Hey, man, you shouldn't have said that line right there. You should have. <laughs> so that's the problem that goes on in sports is I think because of the, the family connection, right? Like a lot of people played college uh, or, or they study it and they watch it. And I think the feeling is that, oh, like we're almost there. It's almost close. And all my neighbor or I know him. And it's like they don't sit back and watch the show. But yet these athletes can lead them everywhere else. They can tell them to lead them to all these other projects and, uh, I mean, products. But when it comes down to some other issue, all of a sudden, now it's a debate. <laughs> or or stay so in I your lane like, or, you know, stay in your lane or stick to basketball or stick to sports or whatever. Yeah, or, you know, like when it's, you know, I was a part of playing when it was 9-11, Right. And they asked us if we wanted to play and so on and so forth. And then there was a lot of pregame celebration. Guys running out with the flag. So my thing is all that stuff is all like no one, some people complain, but it, it's, not the, it's, not a, it's not a large group that's complaining, right? And it's like every, <laughs> so it's the same, but it's just like, it, it just depends on who you're around and who wants to complain about one thing or the other, right? It's like they can wear pink for the month of October back in the day, which obviously that's been a problem now because now they wear the cleat thing and it's all the different colors and we don't see the pink stuff anymore because we kept seeing that one entity. <laughs> yeah. So someone's, someone's always going to have a problem. Like there isn't a right way to do it, but for me it's like I'm the, like whoever. I did this and I did it. Like <laughs> You don't get to tell me how to do it. Your ass didn't do it. You're not speaking up. You're not doing nothing. Just like you said, when it comes down to leaders, even some of these ones that have the leadership title, I don't necessarily know if they know what they're talking about. And, and, and that's my biggest thing and, and what I don't like what's going on right now is I just feel who are, who, who are the protesters talking to? Like, what's the plan? And and what's have you got? And what's the ultimate? Have you guys heard any uh, solutions? Uh, yeah, no, I've I've kind of been wondering. Okay, when like what is what is the end conclusion? What's what has to happen for people to not be on the streets? Yeah, I mean, when it was Ferguson, it was like four months. I heard somebody just saying earlier, you know, they were out there protesting every day for four months. I think what they were saying, you know, at least in this specific case, is it. Is it just as as much as getting the charges, you know, like more charges and more people that were charged in this specific incident? Is it is it something bigger picture? You know, that's that's a great question. 
It is a great question. And hey, Adrian, we got to take a quick commercial break. Do you have time to be able to hang with us for a few more minutes? Yeah. Okay, and after the break, I want you to think about this during the, during the break. And this will be a lead-in here. A very candid question for you to think about. If Colin Kaepernick and the group of players that were protesting were white, would there have been the type of backlash that we saw? Stay with us, everyone. We'll talk about that and more with the Mad Backer, Adrian Ross. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel as spring heats up the revolution with jim and travis going wide open outdoors this week with special guest jeff danker from buck ventures plus mrs bunny and the wild kansas Catman cat daddy the boys will dive headfirst into strategic preseason scouting the ins and outs of setting up your own whitetail mecca tips for camping like a champ and some how-tos for landing massive lunkers the revolution is presented by outdoor channel sportsman channel world fishing network and my outdoor tv saturdays at 9 a.m pacific noon eastern on the voice america variety channel streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com this is the mike abadir show if you want to call in today we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We are back here on the line with AD, the Mad Backer, Mike Abadir, and Gino chatting everything going on in the world today. But I think, Mike, you uh, you were sort of interrupted before the commercial break. Yeah, we're just, uh, you know, just posing the question. You know, if if those that were, that were protesting the flag or really better phraseology would be protesting racial injustices. They weren't protesting the flag. It just happened to be they utilized that time period right as the national anthem was starting as an opportunity to get a lot of people's attention. If those protesters were white, do you think there would have been the same backlash, Adrian? Not at all. Not at all. Just, just, just for kind of what I spoke on, 
when when people are listening uh, to who's speaking. So it's kind of like the philanthropy of J.J. Watt, right? It's uh, what he was able to do in Houston. And, oh, he's a player that, oh, you know, it was like the entities that were able to uh, put in the money and, you know, everything was really great. The same thing with what Drew Brees has done and the support. And um, I've seen it for myself. Like, I've, I've done charity events in Sacramento, and what I always noticed was there was just a certain demographic at a certain level that was always missing from my stuff. And so for me, I, I don't think that – I think it's just more of a lifestyle thing. Like, I don't want to say – you know, like, and it's just the reality of it. I don't think that that means that there's a hate. It's just that – this isn't in my life. Like, for instance, I always use the example of NASCAR. I love fast cars, would love to go check out NASCAR. I just haven't done it yet. But there's hundreds of thousands up in the grandstands, well, before COVID. But, <laughs> you know, that doesn't yeah. mean because I'm not going to them that NASCAR isn't huge. But I, but I literally think that a lot of other people – that they're calling so-called white people when, when they're looking and fans are looking at football, their life is their life and they look at it as such. And then everything else is an exception rather than, rather than them trying to listen to understand what they don't know. They want to tell how they think it is versus listening how it is. So no, there wouldn't have been a problem because there would have been people that look like them and they would have been listening. I'd be remiss to have you on with us and not ask you personally, how did you feel when you first heard about the George Floyd murder? And do you think that, once again, if he was white, that he would not have been murdered? In other words, this was police brutality. We know that for sure. Was this racist police brutality? So it's kind of a two-part question. Um... I'm not sure yet. I mean, like, for me, I just feel, okay, so there's the police brutality part, right? And just the fact that that's a police officer. Now, there's been other individuals that have been unjustly killed that have been, you know, flipped of the George Floyd situation. So it's, but it's police brutality. So, I mean, you know, hearing the background and hearing that they knew each other, and watching some of the video, there's a something that's just really weird to me about the whole situation. You know, when it when I come when I've you know, I'm steady still studying it and seeing other uh, film or seeing the audio that's being left off and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like when you say the uh, racial stuff, I, I I don't know. Being that they know each other and whatnot. Besides the fact that it's race, you know, race, race set aside, I just didn't, you know, it's like sitting there watching that video with that guy sitting there, I guess for me, and that's just me being me, I didn't like the people standing there and it wasn't really, I'm, I'm not blaming them. I just, I just, I just wish that I was there because I'm kind of like, I'm just different. Like I would have been. Like, what, what, what is going on? Like, there's not enough effort in discussing, but that was just me. 
No, I'm with you right there. I mean, seeing them was was really painful to me. Just seeing them stand there and and, and once again, I don't know the s- exact circumstances. I don't know the exact situation. You know, I don't know if he was telling them, "Hey, I know this guy. This one's on me." Then maybe I mean, but my comeback to that is then it should have been flipped around. One of the guys said, "Hey, you're really heated about this guy. Somebody that doesn't know him should should handle it. I got this from here." teammate tag out something like that um yeah man it's uh it's it's a it's a tough call but just to keep the conversation moving what are your thoughts about black lives matter both as a phrase and as an organization (laughs) Oh, I don't like it at all. Okay. I don't like it at all because when we're talking about what we're saying is politics, right? Like, because they're going and they're trying to talk to these politicians. That's what I've seen. Uh, They always want to go to the Capitol or whatever downtown and you want to talk to politicians. So that's dealing with political things, politically correct. So politically correct. Now it's supposed to be African-American. So for me, I don't like things like still, I don't mean the action of what they're doing. I mean the, the name and the title. The NAACP, well, <laughs> the advancement of colored people, you haven't even advanced the name yet, right? Like what, like what is that still there for? Going backwards to Black Lives Matter, why, like what, where is the black coming from? I'm not, a, you know, I, I just had a post talking about it, it used to be, they used to be called midgets. Well, that's a derogatory statement now. They're, they're little people. When, when were they marching and having protests and all that stuff? When did the midgets march to get it changed to, be, to where it's, it's now derogatory and everyone knows it now that they're not called that? So for me, there's this group of people whose names keep changing from Negro to colored, to Afro-American, to black, to African-American. But for some reason, black just stays there, even though that's not the name that they're supposed to be called now. That's why I don't like it. I know you've educated a lot of people out there, and I'd appreciate it if you maybe spend a moment or two, since this is very relevant, on sharing with the listeners Maybe some of the things that you've discovered about the Moors. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, this, this, this land is owned by Morocco. And, quote-unquote, America has peace treaties with Morocco. And the, the, the people of the land, the indigenous people like myself, the people that they're calling black, black people... They're the indigenous people of this land. So their correct names are Moors. They're Moorish American, you know, and we're Asiatic. So that's, these are all the lawful terms, but all, all, all the other quote-unquote races, that's all, those are all made-up constructs under the U.S. <laughs> so, that's, you know, those aren't labels of white isn't. Hispanic, all that stuff. Like, all of those are all up under the same thing. 
but the main detriment to it is the people of this land <laughs> are, are being called black and they're being told that they're from somewhere else. So that's the whole main part of the problem and that I don't like all this attachment and staying on black when that's not our label. That's not, that's not what we called ourselves. So the detriment is when you look and you keep going back into history, you're going to be disappeared from history like the Avengers movie because your name and label isn't going to be anywhere as it keeps on going. That's really interesting stuff, man. And I bet you that's probably something that not a lot of people know. It's amazing as Americans. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing as Americans, as, as a whole, as our society, we're probably one of the least cultured, more ignorant nations for being how progressive and advanced we are. You know, it's kind of well, funny I'll because... I'll say it right there. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please. Oh, I was going to say what... I was going to say something off of what you said. They're doing it to everybody because everyone's using the term American, but you're U.S. citizen. You're not American. You don't own anything that says that you're an American other than ver- verbiage. Like, they just say that all the time. America's game of the week. America, 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 America. Then they say, my U.S. citizen. It's the U.S. Army, the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Marines. It's not the U.S.A. Marines. So that's where they mentally get everybody, and that's why everybody should be listening because it's we the people. But, what, but that's where the privilege comes in at. The, the people that have the privilege don't want to listen because they have the privilege, even though they're under the same thing. Right? A German shepherd from Germany, born here, is still a German shepherd. But now they're telling people that if they're born here, you're an American. Because they've taken the American off the Morse Americans, and they made everybody share it. Except for when it's an Olympic year, and they're at the Olympics, and then, then the black swimmer is known as an American. But when they come back here, they're known as black. If, if we're all Americans, why are we continuing to say white and black all the time? Except for when we go to the Olympics and everybody's an American. And, oh, by the way, where does Canada and Mexico fit into this whole equation? Or North America? (laughs) Yeah. They're in the same country, or they're in the same continent, but they're known as Canadians and Mexicans. Adrian, this is really good stuff, man. I wish that we weren't. Yeah, I mean, I wish we weren't out of time because there, there are so many other things that I know Gino and I both probably wanted to get to, um, even just back to more about your experiences in the NFL. And I know you've got some really interesting stories back from the Cincinnati days and the bars at the Kentucky border and the nightlife and some of the things that kind of you had told me about years back. I know our listeners would have a, uh enlightening time listening to some of those stories, but that's all the time we have. Thank you so much, Adrian. We're going to have to do this again real soon. Maybe we'll do a part B of this program, especially if these uh, debates or uh, these protests do continue on and on and the conversation is still in kind of the societal vernacular, man. Perfect. I'm with it, man. I always love, love to be on. That's all the time we've got, everyone. Gino, thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Josh. 
Thank you all listeners. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.